With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash acquire. That's linkedin.com slash acquire. Terms and conditions apply. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome to the Caixin Seneca Business Brief, brought to you by SubChina. Each week, we bring you a roundup from the world of business in China from Caixin, China's authority on business and financial news, as well as interviews with Caixin Global reporters and editors. I'm Kaiser Guo from the Seneca Podcast. It has been an eventful week in China, and we are going to try to get through the entire podcast without mentioning the new U.S. president once. It's been a good week for China's housing market, which has seen record sales highs, Potentially, it has also been a good week for China's long-suffering workers, as there are attempts now to address the problem of the long-hour work culture. And it is a positively great week if you want to learn the latest viral dance move and go shopping at the same time, as TikTok's sister app Douyin launches a new payment system. With all your latest business news, here's what's been happening in China this week. While China continues to embrace a cashless society, with transactions made through third-party mobile payment platforms reaching 59.8 trillion yuan in the second quarter of 2020, up 8.8% year-on-year, authorities are nevertheless determined that physical cash is not killed off completely, with recent fears that the elderly and other vulnerable groups may be victims of a digital divide. Last week, the People's Bank of China announced in the fourth quarter of 2020 it had penalized 15 companies and one public institution for not accepting cash. The fines ranged from 500 yuan, roughly $77, to half a million yuan. Payable only in cash. No, just kidding. Hong Kong has imposed the city's first COVID lockdown in the Kowloon area, according to Bloomberg. The unprecedented step for the Yaomate and Jordan areas, known for their night markets, will affect about 10,000 residents. Until now, Hong Kong has been reluctant to adopt stricter measures such as lockdowns, out of concern they could ignite a crisis in a city that has already been rocked by protests. Hong Kong has seen 168 deaths from COVID-19, roughly half the toll inflicted on the city from the 2003 Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome, or SARS, pandemic, which killed about 300 people in the early 2000s. A member of China's political advisory body in Shanghai has proposed setting up a system and standard to prevent worker abuse after the recent deaths of two young employees of e-commerce giant Pinduoduo Inc., in an attempt to address China's notorious 996 culture, the idea of working from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. six days a week, 
One of the proposals, suggested by Lu Jingbo, a lawyer and member of the Shanghai Municipal Committee of the People's Political Consultative Conference, has suggested Chinese labor law should clearly define what is meant by morning meetings, lunchtime training time, and some other activities which clearly extend employees' working hours. A district in China's southern megacity of Shenzhen will hand out 20 million yuan, roughly $3.1 million worth of digital currency to migrant workers. The catch is they will only be able to spend it if they stay in the city they are currently based in over the coming Chinese Lunar New Year holiday. The move comes as the Chinese government tries to discourage movement over what is traditionally the busiest time of the year for travel in the country, all in an ongoing effort to contain a resurgence of COVID-19. China's housing sales hit a record high in 2020 as post-lockdown demand surged. Property sales measured by area climbed 2.6% to 1.76 billion square meters, while by value they rose 8.7% to 17.4 trillion yuan, both the highest since the data series began in 1991, according to figures released Monday by the National Bureau of Statistics, NBS. The full-year increase reversed a plunge in the first two months of 2020 when year-on-year sales by area slumped 39.9% and sank 35.9% by value as large swaths of the country went into lockdown to control the virus. But many analysts are warning that the market is likely to be flat or even decline in 2021 as the government imposes more controls on home buyers and builders. In more record-breaking news, China's new wind power capacity also hit record numbers. The country installed a record 71.67 million kilowatts of new wind power capacity in 2020, according to official figures, more than half of it in December as developers rushed to get new projects up and running before a subsidy program expired. Some 47.05 million kilowatts of new wind power capacity went online in December, nearly double the 24.62 million kilowatts installed in the first 11 months of the year, according to data released by the National Energy Administration on Wednesday. And finally, TikTok may soon be expanding beyond dancing and viral videos. ByteDance, the short video app's owners, has launched its own digital payment platform, setting the stage for it to square off against China's tech titans like Alibaba and Tencent in the massive e-commerce market. Douyin, the sister app of TikTok for internet users in China, debuted its eponymous e-wallet Douyin Pay on Tuesday, putting itself in direct competition with Alipay and WeChat Pay, by allowing users to purchase items from third-party vendors, buy virtual gifts for performers, and pay to watch their shows, as well as buy goods during live-streamed e-commerce sessions. Let's turn now to Doug Young, Taishin Global's managing editor, for a look into one story making the news this week. Doug, the story of the poisoning of the head of a popular game studio has been in the news um, for for a while now. What exactly happened recently, uh, for those of you who haven't followed the story? Yeah, this is a story that's really got China transfixed for, I guess, uh, about a month now because uh, the guy was... Poisoned on Christmas. Oh, no, he was poisoned about a week before Christmas, and then he died on Christmas Day. 
So I'll backpedal a second uh, and tell you what happened. Uh, the company that we're talking about is called Yuzu, Y-O-O-Z-O-O. And um, they're, they're a mid-sized company in China in terms of gaming. They're not really well-known, but the thing that they are quite well-known for is having the the rights to make a film out of a very, very popular science fiction series here in China called The Three-Body Problem. And I think some of our listeners might even know about that because it's been translated into English and it's quite the sensation. Anyhow, so this this uh, gaming company had the film rights to this thing. And we'll come back to that in a sec because it's actually uh, an important part of the story. But the company's uh, founder and, and chief executive is a guy named Lin Chi. And then, like I say, uh, about a week before Christmas, he suddenly started feeling ill and he was taken to the hospital and, you know, he was just getting sicker and sicker. Uh, and finally, on, on Christmas Day, he died. And I think in the process of, you know, going down down the tubes, the police actually disclosed that he'd been poisoned to death, but they didn't really give very much other information. Well, yeah, they didn't give much information beyond that, although they did say that the main suspect in the case or one of the suspects was someone surnamed Xu. And uh, a lot of our sources told us it's this guy, Xu Yao, who he was like a chief legal counsel for the company, a former uh, member of the board of directors. But surprise, surprise, he had also been put in charge of this film project for three-body problem. So as this story has come to light, so have many uh, bizarre and, and rather lurid details. Can you ex- expand a bit? Yeah, this is just – it's like something out of a, a thriller, you know, cloak and dagger something or other. Um, after all this happened, uh, you know, we got – Tyson actually had a really nice exclusive um, with a lot of the details in there. Apparently this guy Shu, at least this is what the police have uncovered so far was – quite obsessed with the TV, uh, the HBO TV series from the U.S. called Breaking Bad, which uh, I'm not a big fan of it, but I, I know the basic premise is, you know, a, a school teacher, I think, he learns he has cancer and and turns to drugs, you know, manufacturing and selling drugs uh, uh, to make sure his family is taken care of. Um, anyhow, so this the guy was supposedly fixated on this show. And then he apparently started buying all sorts of uh, toxic poisons on the dark web and sort of mixing them at his home and testing them out on on pets like, you know, cats and dogs and other other animals. And, and he finally got the right potions that he wanted, I guess. Uh, and he, he had it out for the this guy, Lin Chi, uh, which for reasons I'll explain in a sec. But he... Uh, Apparently, he fixed up a, a bottle of pills, and, and they were pr- probiotics, uh, and he apparently gave them to Lin Chi's secretary. And, and in this bottle of probiotics, there was one poison pill, uh, literally a poison pill. It apparently, it had some sort of toxic substance that's associated with the puffer fish. I think a lot of people would know. Anyhow, the, the secretary, I guess, fed these pills to the to the boss one day at a time and you know finally he he took the poison one and that's when he sort of went downhill and again all sorts of details apparently they did a massive blood transfusion something like 40 liters of blood and 
got it out of, you know, got most of the poison out of his system and they thought he was going to be saved. But then it turned out he'd also been poisoned with mercury, uh, which apparently causes all his, cause, caused all his organs or his heart and his liver, I think, to start bleeding. And, and you know, it just, it was too much for him in the end. Um, and then I guess uh, one other thing I'll throw in uh, just at the end is apparently this guy also has a, a love child, which <laughs> at least according to uh, some accusations or allegations that were made on uh, social media afterwards, uh, a woman has come forward saying she basically fathered a uh, sorry well, he fathered a child with her out of wedlock because uh, uh, Lindsay apparently has three children with his official wife who he may be divorced with. We're still not sure. But anyhow, this woman was not married to him, but apparently saying she had a baby with him and the baby is only a few months old. It's, it was just born. Uh, but, uh, you know, the woman is now saying uh, this child is entitled to equal part of your fortune as as your other children. So it's a real oh, it's a real cliffhanger. And then I guess I didn't even get into it. But the, the whole thing surrounds this three body problem. Prime suspect who poisoned him. He had been set to work on the, the three body problem and the stories that we've been told is he was essentially being sidelined on that project because he wasn't very good and they were bringing in another guy to take over his spot. So that may have been what set him off and uh, led him to do allegedly do what he did. Okay, Doug, thanks for stressing that these are all just allegations right now. Uh, we'll wait to see how the actual investigation unravels. But meanwhile, what does this mean for the future of the Three Body series? You know, everybody wants this this three body problem to come out because it's it's just been hugely popular. I mean, it's 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 about ten years old. It's it's not a new series, and and apparently the rights to it got all caught up in all sorts of litigation. And and actually, the guy who's accused of poisoning him is apparently a crack lawyer who helped to sort of get the rights out of litigation. So that was sort of where he came into play. Uh, but, you know, now that this has happened, um, uh, you know, the, the project was already running behind and was having all sorts of issues. And I imagine this is going to just put it even further behind. And God only knows when it'll come out. Uh, you know, we'd probably be lucky to see it in the next five or six years. Well, that sucks because I really love those books. And I am sure that um, David Benioff and D.B. Weiss, who made uh, Game of Thrones, would have done it justice uh, on Netflix. Anyway, thanks for telling us this sinister tale, and uh, we look forward to having you back on the show uh, soon. Okay. Thanks, Kaiser. And that's it for this week. Thanks for listening. The Tyson Seneca Business Brief is produced by Kaiser Guo and Nandini Venkata, with stories from the staff of Tyson Global. Special thanks to Li Xin and Marcus Ryder of Tyson Global. Thanks to Spring and Autumn for the music. For more on China, be sure to check out the other shows in the Seneca Network on SubChina. And for daily news and views, make sure to subscribe to SubChina Access for the daily newsletter. Find us at subchina.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Take care. <laughs>